welcome to this week's episode of the Gen Z Report. Uh, today, you're joined by me, CJ, who goes by he and him, alongside. Hi, everybody. I'm Sam, uh, also he, him, um, and we have some newcomers today. We have. Hi, my name's Ashley. I go by she, her. As well as. Hey, my name's Stas. I go by they, them. And today's podcast episode is going to be talking about rainbow capitalism. Is it good? Is it bad? As well as, do boycotts really matter when it comes to these sort of things? Stay tuned to find out what we looked into. And here we go. So the for this week's uh, more recent news stories, we're going to be going back uh, a little bit, not necessarily things that have been written last week, uh, but the first is going to be talking about Target, where Target as a whole has always leaned a little bit more progressive as a company. They have a lot of different, uh, for, for those who are not familiar, uh, Target is kind of a general store, department store. You can get groceries at the same place where you can get clothes. And it is a all-encompassing uh, superstore. Target has traditionally been slightly more upscale compared to companies such as Walmart, as well as been a little bit more progressive with one of the things of note being uh, Target selling items like swimsuits that work better for trans women uh, to do what's known as tucking, which allows them to hide any bulges within their swimsuit. Uh, this has led Target to being the target of quite a few different uh, boycotts as well as threats uh, from various different uh, conservative news sources uh, as well as individuals. This has led Target to end up not necessarily removing all of their pride, but moving some of their pride to safer locations in the back of the store alongside also trying to bring down uh, the amount that they, of pride that they had in certain locations where it's deemed less safe. This has been seen as a partial win uh, by certain uh, right-wing activists, uh, while again creating a very threatening atmosphere. This is again, a, a part of Target, which normally would be standing more for progressive ideals, kind of doing things that, one, are more reasonable to help defend their staff, uh, but also can be seen as Target not necessarily caring about the products that they're selling and just wanting to make a quick buck. So just initial thoughts uh, from the team. Sam, we can start with you. Yeah. So when I read about this topic, um, you know, I, I saw that tar that there was a a lot of backlash specifically to Target, which I had heard a little bit about, um, but I wasn't I wasn't too familiar until I read about exactly what the products in the store that they were so upset about were. Uh, and when I realized it was actually, you know, about some swimsuits, <laughs> I, it was it was a little bit shocking to to say that you know they were the entire group was so focused on one article of clothing or one uh, I guess one item of clothing that's sold at Target. Um, but, you know, basically I heard that like a lot of the conspiracy theories were centered around the idea that they were selling these swimsuits that would allow for transgender 
people to conceal certain parts of their body and that they were selling them in like the children's section. That that was the conspiracy theory that was going around on a lot of these uh, Moms for Liberty or whatever chats that they were on. And essentially that that wasn't true. Um, they were selling them in the adult swimwear sections, but this was getting out onto social media and it was prompting some stores, particularly, I think they said a lot of the stores in the South were having a lot of negative reactions to pride gear that was being put in the front of the store. And they were having people occasionally coming in and threatening employees or knocking over racks of, of merchandise or, uh, you know, even in some cases like threatening violence. And so in order to protect, in order, according to Target, to protect the safety of their employees, they were moving a lot of the pride gear for that was ramped up for the season from the front of the some of their stores to the back, which I don't really know how much that does, because if somebody's really that determined to uh, cause a ruckus in the store because of something that they're looking for, then they're probably going to come in anyway and find that stuff. So I, you know, I, I have mixed thoughts on whether that's really going to be very effective at protecting the employees, like they say. And Target did get a lot of backlash from, uh, I think it was the Human Rights Campaign, where their CEO said that basically Target is being spineless and that they're if they're caving to all these demands to remove pride gear from their stores, that uh, they're trying to proverbially put like the entire community back into the closet and give in to the demands of the, of the mob. And so... Um, I'm curious what the newcomers think about all of this or if they've seen anything at Target because I haven't been into a Target in a while. Uh, actually, I do have some things especially to say, especially uh, as more so when it comes to Target. And when it came to like most of the stuff I saw usually on Twitter to even like uh, live existing responses, even from like Florida, I saw a lot of backlash, a lot of people like more so tearing down stuff or just wild over accumulation over really just nothing that was really already hurt like over the littlest things and plus especially about the swimsuit though so the tucking swimsuit whole drama about that it was actually only for adults not for uh children but the right uh fabricated that it was for children I mean, even so as it is it was never really like a whole place of a big deal it's all about mostly just gender affirming care and truly expressing how we can help people become the best person of themselves which is truly just sad to see as it is. And it's just so wacky. Like, like why you got to really care about somebody's life that much more so, or even got to be in their business. They're living their life 24-7, like in their temple, how they best want to be. Something you don't really have to worry about being in somebody's business for. It's definitely crazy. Like what you said, Staz, speaking about like the right fabricating so many of these things. It's not just the swimsuits, but I've been seeing them like posting like fake T-shirts that says that says stuff like Satan supports pride and stuff like these don't exist in the target. And I see the right fabricating this all the time. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the Satan because there was a brand. Um, there is apparently a brand. I don't know if they sell in Target. There's a British designer called Abprol, and they're a, a brand of occult and satanic themed LGBT clothing that oh, were also being targeted. Yeah, like they actually, you know, which I mean, good for them, you know, but I don't actually know if Target has anything to do with it. Um, but but there is this brand that makes like, I, I guess, uh, Church of Satanism themes like i don't know what you know some sort of sash or something like that but uh but it was really it was really interesting that like you know at the very least if they're gonna go after something uh, it's just so strange that they chose 
such a milquetoast corporation in my opinion. Exactly. Like Target, exactly. Target, yeah. Target's not there. There, right. there's nothing, there's nothing radical about Target. I mean, it's, it's about as mainstream as it, as you can get as far exactly. as the suburban supermarket. So yeah. part of it, I do feel is that like, if they, they feel like if they can do things that sway Target, that is going to be something that they can sway a little bit easier to be like, hey, this is a company that now responds to, you know, this or this or this. And that it's kind of a litmus test of trying to see what demands that they can and cannot get away with. Uh, exactly. In the case of Target exactly. specifically, I do feel that Target's response to it, while not the best when it comes to, again, trying to cave a little bit, I feel that Target could definitely have utilize their security a little bit more as well mm -hmm. as police. Uh, as a few people may know that Target has, this is not something that is new to Target of them being harassed by people that were crazy. <clears throat> I do know uh, there was a specific individual uh, that ended up getting blacklisted because what he did was just go around and harass Target employees and staff. And they do have the means to be able to uh, help curtail this. Uh, that being said, the response of, again, trying to bring things a little bit further back and just trying to create the safety of the staff, I feel like it's kind of a veiled excuse, uh, but does have a little bit of legitimacy. Um, and I understand the reasoning from target execs uh, perspective of, again, just trying to be a little bit more cautious during this uh, pride mm -hmm. month. Yeah. That being yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Stas. My bad. I was going to say, if I might add on that, especially, uh, I remember there's even some videos on Twitter of like secret security, especially as it is making sure that I think actually escorted some of these uh, local wacky um, conservatives who were breaking the stuff as it is and not just like harassing the employees. I wish they could have um, more so had a much more a certain way of standing point, especially like with the security they use. Because they could have probably added more secret security, probably placing uh, for the shoppers, added more like uh, protective wear uh, on most of the merchants that needed to be, especially because of how even as a brand, you have to focus on your product and your basis, especially for just how your income's made. Well, if, if all those things are also costing money, uh, and Ashley, we'll, we'll get to you in a moment. Um, it, I, I do feel like it is reasonable at a certain extent if they're like, yeah. hey, we're going to be you know, just reforming, reformatting the layout of a few of our stores for this specific thing, that that's not unreasonable. But Ashley, you had something that you want to say? Oh, yeah. I was going to say earlier when it came to like right-wing like harassment, uh, did you hear about like uh, three bomb threats being called in three different targets in uh, Ohio, Utah, and Pennsylvania, I believe? Yeah. And yeah. so... Again, all, all these things like th these are you know threats of domestic terrorism, and these are things that are are very negative. But that I feel again brings us to like Target's response is pretty, I, I do say, reasonable uh, from their perspective. Uh, example that was much less reasonable uh, is something that is uh, a few months old, uh, but we're going to be talking about uh, certain people's favorite to least favorite beer, uh, Bud Light which had an advertising campaign that used multiple different media influencers uh, across different social medias, uh, one of which uh, happened to be someone that was trans. Uh, this led to a very large uh, backlash from uh, conservative circles, uh, including prominent figures such as Ben Shapiro, 
uh, calling out the brand and calling for a boycott. Uh, this was, again, something that was pretty overblown for, hey, there was a trans person that said that they liked that beer. Uh, but instead of Bud Light kind of doubling down or trying to defend the person that they were working with and saying, yes, we want to be a beer that's enjoyed by everyone, uh, they ended up coming out and apologizing uh, for having such an ad, which then made them very upset with uh, people that were progressive, uh, as it was, okay, you know, we know that you don't really care and you're like going for bottom line, but now you're attacking us and giving them you know, more chances of being emboldened, uh, which then was so upsetting to the actual staff within that the apology from Bud Light Corporate was they ended up giving their staff uh, a lot of um, free samplings and free beer to try to at least make the staff a little bit more happy and ending up having to be in this really, really awkward middle ground of an apology for their apology, but also not quite apologizing. So this was an example of trying to do something that was, you could argue, progressive, or maybe they just weren't paying that close attention uh, and it kind of getting, uh, in my opinion, a bit overblown. Uh, but then again, causing more bending. Do we have uh, additional thoughts on like how this is different from the target situation uh, and like comparisons, or if there's you know anything more about like Chase? You want to say something? Uh, yeah, uh, more so uh, when it came to just different dealing with a lot of like Bud Light as well as um, dealing, dealing with Dylan Mulvaney and the whole discourse as it is, the whole placement of conservatives talking about how. Oh, the progressive or the left uh, basic ideology and agenda is just happening to more so boycott stuff that they don't like and then cry about it as it is. And it's now a cold cutting of seeing it's hypocrisy. It's just all hypocritical hypocrisy when it comes to the rights ideology of calling back and now saying, oh, they're canceling our favorite stuff or they're canceling the favorite advertisements. Now, even with Bud Light, this was even when it came to uh, uh, more so not just Bud Light, but also uh, National Women's History Month as well and International Women's Day, uh, International Women's Month uh, happening to take course. And they tried to boycott a lot of brands like Hershey as well as Eminem. And you see it a lot as they are now just boycotting and being the same hypocrisy they talk about when it comes to like woke SGWs and the whole discourse as it comes with all of their shows. It's truly sad to see. And very disappointing. Oh, Ashley? And yes, and I just think it's so crazy that this boycott even started because Dylan Mulvaney did the uh, progressive radical act of just existing as a trans woman. Because when you watch her uh, Bud Light ad, she doesn't say like, oh, as a trans woman, this is my beer choice. She does not mention ever being trans in that video and it's just kind of sad to me that, like, just existing as a transgender person generated this type of outrage. I think the saddest part of all of this is that we're letting corporations and beer brands define our values as a society. Like, this is this yeah. is the this is the uh, this, like this is like the 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 symbol that we're heralding for for. <laughs> what are what are public statements of who we accept as a society it's it, like that's just such a sad statement on like america in general i think on mm -hmm. the idea that like our debates center around what 
your favorite corporation that you consume is, you know, saying about what this, as opposed to like, what, what are actual people saying about this? Not like, you know, we're so based on everything we do is so based on like consumption and mm-hmm. what our, what our uh, favorite product and beer and department store and chocolate, all this stuff that, you know, ultimately has very little impact on our lives as an individual brand. Um, much more so than the people that you actually know in your, you know, in your sphere that are trans that are, you know, and, and and like the the fact that corporations have to be representatives of Mm -hmm. of our values as opposed to, you know, us being able to come and, and that they, they are proving that they essentially have no values themselves. I mean, they, they are literally going with whatever is the most popular from what they perceive, if there's even just a tiny inkling of backlash and then they immediately cave, you know, it doesn't matter what side it is. They think it's popular for pride. And then uh, a couple of people get mad and knock over something in a store and now they rearrange everything. And it just goes to show that like corporations have no values, really. They are, they're amoral, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. and um, so, so we can't let them define what the conversation is going to be about. And to your point, the, oh. the, the thing that I, I feel on that is it's not necessarily that we're letting corporations defining what we are as a society, but I do feel like, again, corporate ads and what they do and just the existence of Pride Month in general uh, as a semi-global uh, event is it is a good litmus test for where is public sentiment? You have these marketers, these researchers that are looking to see the amount of people that are more likely to buy our products or at least, you know, happy to buy our products. If we do produce this versus the people that are going to be upset with it, you're going to have a lot less people upset with it um, than you have people that are supportive of these products and these brands. So I, I personally think that it is, again, better, but we'll get more to that once we're getting to the main part. Uh, I do think that uh, especially the most important part when it came to uh, Bud Light and the company is once they retracted and they did their initial apology, that is when they started to see a lot of um, upsetness from within their company. And that's where they really got into hot water. Um, exactly. Something that something that we talked about in uh, last week's episode, which, you know, check that out if you haven't, um, was talking about how we as Gen Z tend to look for companies that are a little bit more representative of our values. And by these corporations trying to do things uh, such as rainbow capitalism or actually take social stands, uh, that does increase the likelihood of people uh, working with them and working for them in terms of talent recruitment. And if they do things that do hurt their... Uh, the vision of what we see of these companies, then that is also going to hurt their future job prospects in terms of being able to get quality talent because quality talent is going to say, well, you did this, this, and this, uh, and therefore are less likely to work for them or investors are less likely to invest with them uh, out of protest. Uh, Ashley, you have something else you want to say? Uh, yeah, inconsistency as well. Uh, not to mention, especially as it is when it comes to the most rainbow capitalism, not to mention other capitalism, you show it's not just the normalcy, but the normalization that we are getting more shown. When more representation comes into our ads, not just our media, it shows 
that were always here before. It's the same way with a lot of diversity as it is. And not just as we get more progressive through the years, it's showing that not just the corporations see that, oh, it's getting more normal. It's more human. It's more truly accurate to what reality is showing. And it's not a bad thing that even when it comes to rainbow capitalism, showing a lot of diverse, progressive, especially pink and pride and other like uh, women's national, international women's month, as well as like other ads and camping for that, because it shows a normalization of our day-to-day lives, especially when it comes to trans people, people of color, and just like, especially disabled people as well, and showing a more diverse beauty and hue when it comes to everybody around us. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a bad thing, especially as it is, but there's a lot of give and take, especially when it comes to most pros and cons, most corporations. Yeah, and another thing uh, as well with the Bud Light is like the Bud Light was not an intentionally uh, progressive thing. It's just mm-hmm. they happen to have uh, a, a certain actress on for that ad. Yeah, the uh, right place, the right target. Time. Yeah, uh, for Target again, they didn't even do anything particular outside of their you know, standard rainbows, but. Mm-hmm. To use an example uh, from a few years ago, I believe it was 2018, uh, you had the company Nike that came out with, it was a particularly successful uh, advertisement campaign uh, with uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, And for those of you who are not familiar uh, with this uh, person, uh, uh, he was a very controversial figure uh, where he was a prominent football player uh, that kneeled during the national anthem. Um, as a sign of respect, but also uh, in a way of like, this is not necessarily uh, my America. And so Nike also being a very prominent uh, sports shoe brand then did an advertisement with him with the express purpose of hoping to generate controversy. And boy, oh boy, did it work. <laughs> uh, the amount of money that it made uh was it created a 10% jump in their income in the uh, following quarter after they did this advertisement. Uh, Now, the reason for bringing this up under the guise of rainbow capitalism, it was this was something that was a very, very progressive ad. At the same time, you also had Nike under multiple different investigation inquiries for forced labor, child labor, and sweatshop-like conditions. Again, proving that Nike, this company that is, you know, showing progressive values when it comes to the actual business side of things, still ended up creating very abysmal conditions. So this kind of thoughts on that of like, hey, we know that this is what the case is moving forward. Sam, do you have anything on that? To me, it all just drives home the idea that, you know, Corporations, again, they don't have values. They, they by definition, cannot have values because they have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to, to maximize profit. So, you know, it's not they're, – they're not, <laughs> they're not here to express, oh, we support trans or we don't. It's a matter – and I have more examples because I did take notes on this. So all these related image campaigns, when you see all of the logos being changed to rainbows over the every June, you know, this is something we're seeing every year now from every company. It feels like it. So, so um, these related image campaigns, 
Mercedes-Benz subsidiary in Germany got in big trouble for this, the Daimler Auto Group, because for June of last year of 2022, they changed their logo to, uh, you know, a rainbow like many of them. However, they only did it in Germany. They didn't do it in their Russian subsidiary and they didn't do it in their Saudi subsidiary as well as uh, in all of their Middle Eastern brands. They were doing it where it was safe, right? So they, they were they were doing it in a country that largely supports LGBT rights. And then when, as soon as they, they went to somewhere where that wasn't the case, they completely dropped their, their, their logo and their brand and their campaign. It just goes to show that, you know, it, these companies don't have feelings about the, the community at all. It, it, you know, it really always just comes down to what is going to be the most popular to help them make a little bit more money on this product. And I can give some more examples, H&M and Levi's. So H&M, the clothing retailer and Levi's, the, you know, the fashion, the blue jeans company, um, they both did the same thing in their cases. However, it was still showing that all their garments were being produced in Bangladesh and India, where it's in many cases in Bangladesh, it's still criminalized to even, you know, engage in any sort of uh, same sex activity. So, you know, at the same time, like they're deeply entrenched in supply chains and systems that are, that are, you know, not, they're, they, they don't have any one feeling one way or the other on the community. And then it's just whatever's popular in the country that they're operating in. And, um, yeah. you know, so, so there was a BMW, it was the same thing. They had the logo in Germany, but not in Russia and Saudi Arabia. Um, and, you know, a lot of the LGBT organizations were saying that it was just a slap in the face to the LGBT communities of those countries, you know, like not to say like the people that are, that are stuck in Russia, that are stuck in Saudi Arabia, who are LGBT because they have far fewer rights than those in the West. And, um, and, and on top of the fact that, you know, the poverty rates for these communities are so much higher. I believe it's uh, something like the, the poverty rate for, for the trans uh, individuals in the United States is 29% and 40% for various trans people of color. So compared to like 16% for the general population, this is a population that's struggling economically in the West and then is further oppressed in the other countries. And, you know, these logo campaigns that they're running are, they're, they're just hollow. There's, there's nothing to them other than they think that they're appealing to more of these customers. Nothing but a husk. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it just goes back to like, we cannot let corporations who don't have values define what our values are going to be and look to them to be our model. It's, it's not going to work. And uh, if I could add furthermore to that, uh, especially when it comes to most, um, not just to mention with rainbow capitalism from Nike to even when it came to a few other organizations of other corporations, it's hollow because it's always what can get them the next buck, what can get them the next tick, uh, what can get them that next little upshoot in their market mm-hmm. trade, in their market, and more so keep the investors happy and a little bit more money in their pocket. And it's a, a true sad reality as it is when it comes to most placements of even looking in not just Germany, Africa, when it comes to their their pain and also the anti uh, LGBTQ legislation that is being dealt with in Africa, not to mention India. Uh, even with uh, the few places of dealing with advertising, we do see how, even when it comes to normalization and even when in progressions it is, we still see that some companies will take one step forward and take two steps back when it comes to them having most of their progressive advertisement or them pushing a progressive lead hurt their pockets. Mm-hmm. It's a tragedy. And actually, anything else you add? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Staz kind of hit the nail on the head. Like a lot of these corporations, it's just like lip service, you know, like they'll fold like the moment it's not profitable. Like, uh, like what you said earlier about, um, Mercedes Benz, um, you check out their, uh, their overseas, uh, pages and they don't have the rainbow flag. Like it's all for show, you know? Sure. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about uh, alongside that, though, is the initial threat when you're upset with the company, period, uh, is boycotts and boycotting. And the main thing with boycotting is that they tend to be pretty ineffective when it comes to hurting a company's bottom line uh, in that... Again, using the example of the Nike ad, where they had a massive amount of sales, that was despite you know conservative boycotts that were coming in. Yeah. The idea, again, once again being, hey, I'm going to be you know, losing money from certain people's business, but then other people who are in support of the thing that I am at least expressing <coughs> are going to come in and say, well, I'm going to buy more because... <laughs> to counteract the boycott and to try to you know, vote with your wallet in that way. Exactly. Um, so boycotts, when they tend to be a simple thing, can also tend to be worked out and weighted out. Uh, the exception to this, though, is that boycotts, again, with the size and the scale and the scope, do tend to become a little bit more powerful when you have the employees that are very upset with the things. So if your boycott is uh, reflecting a movement rather than a moment, uh, then you can really be changing the world and changing how are these corporations going to be operating going forward. Uh, and that is how we can kind of help fight our culture back. Uh, the biggest example that we have for our main segment of uh, rainbow capitalism tonight uh, is talking about Disney where there, for those who have not been uh, paying as much attention, uh, Disney is one of the largest uh, employment companies in the state of Florida. Back in 2021, I believe, um, there was an institution, uh, in implementation of uh, anti-trans and anti-LGBT legislation uh, chief among those was uh, what was dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill, uh, which makes it very difficult for uh, teachers to be able to talk about anything of their personal lives if they happen to be in technically any sort of relationship, uh, but mainly targeted at uh, LGBT uh, families and couples. Uh, there's also been a continuation of these Parental Rights Acts, which has allowed for the banning of books. Basically, if any person that is within that district wants to remove it, uh, to remove certain bits of lit literature, then it can be attacked, which has also disproportionately attacked uh, books that have LGBT uh, themes in them under the guise of protecting the children. Uh, many, many people, both within Disney as well as outside of it, uh, pushed for Disney as this major employer that has a lot of political power within the state of Florida to do something which they then decided, you know what, we're not going to be doing political donations for this election cycle, which has incurred the wrath of uh, presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, this has led to DeSantis trying to do a med- multitude of different things to try to harm Disney, uh, especially attacking their autonomous zone, uh, as well as just trying to damage uh, Disney's profits and uh, ruin different portions, uh, which has ultimately, most recently, led to Disney withdrawing a $1 billion investment uh, into the state of Florida, which they would have gotten between six to seven hundred million of that back, uh, but withdrawing a one billion dollar investment uh, from uh, Florida, and going much to the relief of many of the California employees that did not want to move to Florida, losing out on lots and lots of money. This is something where it's like if rainbow capitalism is going off of what is the most profitable thing, then we are not necessarily being as profitable. There is some things being said, and that is because there is a lot of this pressure from that movement. So I just wanted to get you know thoughts and comments on the whole Disney going forward and talking about you know potential uses of corporate activism, uh, so to speak, from the pushing of people. Well, uh, when it came to uh, not just dealing with it and seeing it in my own hometown of Florida, especially just seeing the whole battle go and commence. I, a lot of, I see a lot of like progression when it comes to the corporate activism from Disney trading back with the placement for uh, Miguel DeSantis mm-hmm. and his whole counteractions, especially with this legislation, even like going forward and being overexerted, right? Man really is just fighting in placement of not just hurting his pockets, but hurting Florida as a whole. Because mm-hmm. Disney is one of our biggest investors, especially with Disney World, you know? Disney Disney World is like the biggest benefactor that invested and put in most of the money that literally puts in fund Florida. You're hurting your biggest investors, not to mention with the kind of corporate activism mm-hmm. that goes into Disney, as well as facing on the legislation of anti-LGBTQ, uh, actions and presence from Rob Santos, it is a kind of instance of shooting your own self in the foot. And yeah, with, with the corporate act, oh, I was gonna ask, uh, isn't like Disney like the second or third largest employer in Florida? I'm pretty sure it might be the second, it's gotta be, it's gotta be up there. Yeah, I know, I know, uh, Publix is Publix is number yeah. one. We finally got one of yes. those in North Carolina. <laughs> Exactly. It's growing. Yeah. It's, it's, Disney, it's growing. Disney executives are it's, popping the champagne right now because not only are they saving money on all these political contributions so they don't have to spend a dime, but they are also reaping all of this press at the same time the from, from the, you know, like it, it's like a double whammy for them. They're, they're not, yeah. they're not just not having to spend a single dollar on political contributions this cycle, which we see what kind of effect that's having on uh, Florida politics. Like, you know, how many, uh, you know, I, how many? It just goes to show how how reliant so many of these state legislators are on on the political contributions from the corporations. But at the same time, like they're reaping all of this. You know, some of it is some of it is negative press from like certain right wing outlets. But the vast majority of oh. even Republicans are not going to stop going to Disney if they have a trip planned there. Oh, for sure. Or, or consuming their media products in the movies and in all of the games that they produce. Mm-hmm. So you know, they're sitting here having a field day with it. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no doubt. Ron has definitely lost the. Media median like centrist vote with this whole Disney for Bacle. You know, it's like 
It's kind of like uh, you have like even Marco Rubio's like, yeah, the Disney thing could have been worked out differently. Like when you have your own state senator like against you, it's kind of bad. It's a bad look. Yeah. And again, what, what I'm saying with this is this was not necessarily something that was you know pushing for boycotts on Disney. But there is something where if there is enough public sentiment going toward one particular direction, which the majority of Americans are in favor of LGBT rights, <clears throat> then it is something that, again, these corporations will say something on, even if it can temporarily hurt them here and there when there is such a big push and when there is such a big movement uh, from within the company. Um, something to kind of uh, wrap us up and uh, talk on our, our Ending part is uh, Sam had a lot of sources on uh, pinkwashing as well as companies that are a little bit more genuine when it comes to their response. So if you want to go a little bit more on that. Well, uh, pink, I feel like we've been talking a little bit about the pinkwashing as far as the hollow logo campaigns and things like that, that we were saying. Um, but I mean, for those who don't know what the term, it, it's based on the term greenwashing, which is something that was come up with by the ecological movement by uh like the sierra club and greenpeace back in the day for companies that would try to make strides on their environmental benefits the companies that say that they're doing net zero carbon emissions but really they're just you know putting their emissions somewhere else stuff like that that's where the term came from so greenwashing was that it's um you know and, and pinkwashing came from that too so pinkwashing the idea that that they're promoting all these pride campaigns but uh, at the end of the day, they're still invested in countries that are, you know, deeply oppressive to LGBT people. They're still you they're still utilizing money from P, uh, giving money to politicians. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that side of it, too, because um, there is an organization called the Alliance for Equality. Sorry. No, the uh, Accountable for Equality Action that created the Real Allies database. So it's tracking companies who did pride initiatives, but then still gave to politicians who either were like voting to overturn the 2020 election, like insurrectionists, or were also sponsoring some of this legislation that we're seeing all over these states about restricting access to trans youth and bathrooms and healthcare and all that. And um, so uh, Coca-Cola, Anheuser-Busch, Walt Disney, Pfizer, Comcast Universal, Chevron, the list goes on and on and on as far as what those companies are. Um, and, you know, NBC Universal, Home Depot, Target, Rite Aid, Expedia, Facebook, Airbnb, T-Mobile, I could go on and on of companies that are on this list where oh, they tracked over 130,000 political contributions in state legislatures and counties all over the country and found that um, all these Fortune 500 companies that run these ad campaigns and have pride merch and all that stuff, really they're giving to a lot of these politicians in these states. They're giving to, it's particularly in South Carolina, Arkansas, Tennessee, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Texas. Uh, where the states with the largest amounts of contributions to anti-trans legislators were by these corporations. So, you know, they're speaking out of both sides is really what it comes down to. And um, and so, you know, you have like state legislators that are going to give that company a tax break or maybe they're going to give them a little bit of a block grant to open up a factory in their state or something like that. So, you know, here comes a little bit of a couple thousand dollars for that person's campaign from this company, but it adds up over time and it doesn't take very much to get a state legislator elected. So then at the same time, Target's going to go out and put their pride merch. And I could list also what I found was um, just the sheer like endless list of fashion brands that are running all these brands that at the same time are giving this money that are running these 
endless like campaigns for, you know, ways that you can buy pride, uh, Cole Haan sneakers and coach tote bags and William Sonoma Dutch pot ovens and skull candy headphones and Yankee candles and, uh, bark box, doggy plush toys and Calvin Klein pullovers and diesel pride bowling shirt. It just went on and on the amount of retail market share that there is in the pride market for, you know, ways that they can make clothes and sunglasses and all this stuff pride friendly. But at the same time, like the very same time, giving that money that in some cases, you know, they're giving a portion of the proceeds, but we don't know how much a portion is, you know, when they say a portion of the proceeds is going to the Trevor Project is going to this homeless trans organization to feed people. We don't know how much of that it really is. But a lot of that money is at the same time going to these legislators who are sponsoring the bills to, to stop those people from having health care. So, you know, what we're creating, I think, is an environment where it's very safe to be gay in a mall, but basically nowhere else. And um, so that's, that's, I think, the main concern. But I'd be curious, you know, what you guys think and what kind of ads you might be facing, you know, as a consumer or... The the question that I kind of have uh, for people off of that as well is how much of a responsibility does each person in this call have, like, feel that they have when it comes to trying to track these things and avoiding it versus kind of the giving in, giving up, or if it particularly matters. Uh, I'll save my opinions for the end on it. But yeah, so both, you know, how much do you feel that when you do see these ads, do you feel pandered toward it? Does it make you feel more positive toward these companies? Uh, And then secondarily, you know, do you either, you know, knowing that, hey, part of this money is going to be going toward this or this, does that kind of change your various um, behaviors when it comes to interacting with these companies and products? So, Ashley, if you want to start on that. Yeah, no, I used to feel very, like, cynical when it came to, like, pride advertisements. Nowadays, it's like I still think it's a little, like, you know, pandering, soulless. But, like, part of me is kind of glad that, like, you know, to say that you support LGBT people isn't corporate suicide anymore, but I still very much do feel like it is hollow. If you understand what I'm saying there. Like, yeah, I, it, I, I like the idea of it, but I just, I don't appreciate it as much as I, they want me to. Yeah. So you're, you're not necessarily, it doesn't sway you toward a more positive view of the company, but you're in favor of the, just pride pride stuff existing yes but i do i do (laughs) see like what i do see it for what it is you know sure buy our product gay people (laughs) yeah do you think it's making an environment where now you feel like you have to spend money on on to to be accepted into the pride you know like they're commodifying the experience yeah i will say it is like a little weird being in like a pride pride uh festival and you know you see this big, big parade, and then it's like sponsored by Citibank. <laughs> like that's a little odd, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, that's like a lot of Americans have this consumerist culture. Like, like a lot of Americans, I see confuse culture with consumerism. Like that's why people get so mad about the Bud Light thing. They think that this like beer company represents like my American way of life. If you, if you want to talk about culture and consumerism, let me tell you about this uh, old man known as Santa Claus. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Which, he's, uh, he's never done anything bad. He comes here every year. Which for, Don't for, you bring St. Nicholas into this? 
for, for, for those um, who are uh, non-initiated, uh, the Santa Claus as we know it, the jolly old man in the suit, uh, is actually was made by Coca-Cola, and the red suit with white is uh, supposed to be very reminiscent of a Coke can. So that's a little uh, as- fun fact. I learned that last year, and it's it's bothered me so much. <laughs> a, a little bit on, uh, yeah, there is culture. Uh, other other things for culture and capitalism uh, is uh, diamonds. Uh, diamonds and proposals uh, and proposing is also something that's been manufactured by uh, diamond different companies. But we'll have that for uh, a different episode. But Shay, is anything for you on... Do you feel like it changes your spending habits? Is there a specific, like, if you don't see pride, you know, from from a specific company, or you're like, screw this company, or you're like, you know what, I at least respect it for not, you know, pandering mm-hmm. or, or any feelings on that? Well, when it comes to most companies, it's a bittersweet, like, gut punch. Like, oh, yeah, it's becoming more normalized. It's becoming more aware. It's becoming more diverse and showing the reality of our day-to-day life. But also... We like now you already know like oh yeah this is money getting funded to this legislation that will hurt me and then I'm like ah it hurts but again it's like again a give and take and not to mention like also a bittersweet moment especially where it's like you're seeing more of yourself get represented in the world you're seeing more of your identity and truly not just your identity but the way of how you live your day to day life and the way of how you perceive yourself. And not just the media, but also in the way of your advertisements getting portrayed and becoming more normalized. That's how more people will get aware and more accepting. And even when it comes to like me consuming Pride merch, especially as it is, I ain't gonna lie to you. When it does come to Pride Month, I do be buying a few Pride, uh, do be buying a few Pride shirts from time to time. But I also know when it comes to understanding that as it needs to be. If it's like being funded by, let's say, like GLAD or like an acceptance placement act, especially as it is, it does help get it more out there. It gets more normalized. It gets more aware. And you can see how better it puts in as an intake and an influx to letting people know that we're here. We are normal as just like you. We live just normal, boring lives just like you as it is. And it doesn't matter who we love it doesn't matter who we are it doesn't matter who we who we identify as we're still people too we the same blood not the same type sam do you feel like it changes your your marked behaviors of either again on knowing hey here's some some pride advertisement all the way to well here's where they're you know spending their money and here's where they're you know pushing on the on the other hand of like here here here's the you know, bribe and then here's the knife behind the back. Like. Right. Well, if they're not going to back it up to begin with, I mean, I would rather them just <laughs> take Chick-fil-A's approach and just not do any of it. I, you know, like don't even pretend to stand right. for it. Um, if, if they're not going to stand by it when the, when the going gets a little tough. And so I think that I do want to promote a few of the, the, the producers that are doing things completely transparently and the way that they should be, because I found a few of those as well. There, there's some companies that are doing pride collections that actually a hundred percent of the proceeds from that are going to a charity. And I can give a few examples for anybody who might be looking for this. Uh, the Michael Kors rainbow capsule collection donates a hundred percent of proceeds to God's love. We deliver, which makes healthy meals for those with HIV and AIDS in New York. Um, 
the ASOS GLAD collection donates 100% to GLAD, like you mentioned, which improves the media portrayal of the LGBT community. Uh, the Ralph Lauren Pride collection, half of the proceeds of each polo, hoodie, and hat, and 100% of t-shirt proceeds go to the Stonewall Community Foundation. Four Laps for Love at Urban Outfitters gives all their proceeds to the Trevor Project. Nordstrom Pride gives their t-shirt proceeds to the Human Rights Campaign. So there are some, some corporation that have pride collections where the proceeds are going. But then, of course, there's many where it's much more ambiguous. So you, I think you just need to do your research if you're going to do any shopping. And ultimately, if you can, don't go to any of those stores. Go to the thrift stores and you know find your local producers who are uh, – who are LGBT themselves, maybe at the flea market and, you know, the ones that are making the shirts and making the, the, the clothing and the apparel themselves and, and uh, you know, use that and and make it more sustainable and support the money directly, keep the wealth in the community. And to, to answer uh, my questions is that advertisements uh, when it comes to anything that is from a corporation, um, I, I, I tend to, not particularly care. I, I do enjoy uh, definitely Pride-themed advertisements when they do come up. I just don't like advertisements in general. I pay for YouTube Premium, so that way I don't get ads. I don't really watch that much in terms of TV shows, so I'm not getting advertisements there. The most advertisements I'll get is like on Twitch, uh, which is very gaming-based and somewhat progressive anyway. Uh, but it tends to be more so, hey, here's an ad for a video game or like a pizza than anything that's necessarily Pride related. So I don't actually have that much of advertisements within my feed. Uh, I will say, though, that something that I, you could say I'm a sucker to, to you know, something that I'm very passionate about is uh, specifically with like content creators and influencer type of things when they're doing any sort of drops. Um, I, I am far, far, far more likely to get products uh, from them, especially if it's they're either partnering with someone or they have their own merch store that has some sort of also benefit good. Uh, so if it's, hey, we're doing a carbon negative company where they're offsetting their, their carbon emissions more, I am much more likely to buy from them. Um, even stuff like you know, Mr. Beast being the big philanthropy guy, like I, I, I have gotten my fair share of gambling chocolate uh, and pay the carbon emission uh, tax on that, and because I'm like, yeah, I, I'm this person's creating content for me, and it's a free, you know, relatively free service to me, and I, that's the way I can get back, and then feeds into other things that are potentially good. So I, I definitely get affected by it, but it feels you know less genuine when it's like you know Coca-Cola, Xbox, Microsoft, things like that. Um, <laughs> Another thing uh, as well, though, that I will say is that if there's corporations that are doing things that are particularly bad, I do tend to shop a little bit less with it. But there are basically so many companies that tend to make negative, you know, pro-corporate donations, especially toward like the GOP, that trying to keep up with all of it uh, is too exhausting even for me. And I, I follow it pretty closely. Um, and I, I do eventually reach a point of giving it. Uh, the two biggest examples I have for this are the companies uh, Publix and Chick-fil-A. Uh, Publix and Chick-fil-A both give efficiency wages to their employees in that they pay their employees actually livable wages because it allows for better quality and service for the customers that do come in, which then leads to more market share for them and more better talent uh, that is working for their companies. 
Publix goes an additional step further by offering all of their workers stock options. That being said, uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, very infamously, uh, pays a lot of uh, money toward uh, LGBT hate groups uh, within their higher management. And the uh, Publix donor was a one of the top GOP donors uh, for the actual like owner and CEO uh, of Publix. So I'm caught in this uh, person where I'm trying to do ethical capitalism, where I like certain policies that these companies are doing, and again, dislike other parts. Uh, the, the other example for this I have is uh, the company Activision Blizzard. The CEO uh, is very, very uh, terrible and has had multiple uh, sexual harassment lawsuits and just workplace harassment violations that is all done within the CEO. But one of my favorite games, uh, Overwatch right now is doing yeah. a pride event where they are having multiple different flags. And it's not just here's a rainbow. It is here is ace flags. Here's bisexual flags. Here's trans flags and doing like design logos and even redesigning one of their maps that is based off of New York to be having a pride parade, event and doing retextures within that. And that is all from the actual employees that actually care about these things. That is the employees that do want to do their best, you know, going and working basically against the rest of the corporate culture. And so it, it, it always is like this very, very complex uh, mess for me. But if I yeah. can find a company that is doing more good than bad, then I am far, far more likely to freely spend cash with them than if there's someone where it's like I'm begrudgingly giving money because mm -hmm. this is the level of convenience that I can't live. I was actually about to talk about Activision Blizzard earlier because sure, like yeah. like you, I, I was like the biggest Overwatch fan in the world. And then I saw this like Pride event that they were doing and I'm like, no, Activision, you will not make me log on. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like fighting the urge when I see like the trans icon and stuff. Can't do it. Yeah. And again, it, it, it goes to the point of you know, how how much do, you know, does it all matter? And to, to, to again, bring, bring it back home and we'll get into closing thoughts pretty soon, is that rainbow capitalism as a virtue single, signal uh, tends to be something that is largely positive. It is a good litmus test for where a society's opinions are on things. And to see a decline in it uh, is particularly concerning. Uh, and to see a more widespread adoption of it is reassuring by that same note. Uh, every single corporation is going to have a different level and different standard that they hold themselves to. And with additional research, you can do both where you can help and actually join these corporations and doing things that are largely positive for communities. Uh, that's my you know, final statements on it. Uh, Ashley, do you want to go next? Um, I, 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 I've lost my train of thought. We'll go to Sam first. <laughs> are we, are we, are we talking about boycotts? We're closing out. So, I mean, I would say, I agree with what everybody said. And, um, you know, I, as I think there's very little that, you know, as an individual with your dollars, you can do, but there's a lot you can do with your voice. And, um, you know, as much as you can, 
as much as you can personally, you know, avoid patronizing some of these uh, corporations, at the end of the day, they're all going to be like Publix that you mentioned. They also haven't signed the Fair Food Pledge, which is a huge deal for the agricultural uh, farm worker community. And so, you know, at, at the end of the day, like every single major corporation that you support with your dollars is going to have some, one of these structural flaws with them. And so, uh, you know, as much as you cannot give your money to them, but ultimately making sure that we, uh, you know, pa- not just pass legislation, but, uh, you know, take away some of their market share to begin with, where they don't have the power to exert such a conversation over our values. We shouldn't be looking to target, you know, to, to, and other, and some of these other manufacturers to, to be the, the standard bearers of, of, of how, of who we accept into our society and, and what, uh, what rights we afford people. I, we have to do that ourselves. Uh, so, and also to your point, I, I forgot to mention another big thing that we've said a little bit through is, you know, where which countries do get the rainbows? It's the countries where legalization of gay marriage already exists, where it is more safe, where it is more accepted. And so also just pushing, you know, for better legislation and more voting leads to this wider acceptance and overall better outcomes uh, for everyone. So that, that was also another thing I want to say. And so supporting the activists in those countries. At, like, that's what I, the, the, the countries where they, they, they can't even exist out in the street without, you know, literally being arrested. So Especially uh, Uganda, I think it was. Yes. Like, it was like, yeah. Most harshest, like, anti-gay bill ever. And, like, and recently, yeah. sorry, yep. Mm-hmm. So, Chase? Well, uh, when it comes to most advertising as it is, it's best to try and at least support the activists who are there, getting the boots on the ground, fighting for our rights, especially as it is, not just for the rights of everyone to be free and live how they need to be, especially. It's a human fundamental right, and it helps all the more better when we're able to be able to be with one another, get boots on the ground, and truly get bills passed that make sure that we are safe in our homes. We are safe to live in the public. We're safe to be ourselves, love who we love, and bring our partners out without having to deal with the fear of being hurt, being assaulted. Let's put that. Yeah. And Ashley, any final oh, things? Yeah. I've got a little bit more of a Yeah, I got my, I remembered exactly what I was planning on saying Go as soon on. as I went to the next guy. Um, yeah, no, it's just like my my final thoughts when it comes to corporations and pride is like, I'm glad a lot of it exists, but I know how hollow it is. And like what Staz said, you know, um, corporations are not going to be our saviors. We have to look to the activists, to the local communities for help and guidance transversing as like a queer person in America. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thank you to all my hosts for uh, joining us. Uh, thank you to all the listeners that have come in. Uh, please do leave a comment in the comment section. And if you're feeling really ambitious, you can hit that subscribe button. But until next time, we will see you next week with our next topic. Until then, see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.